It's good to be back and good to see what God's doing. And it's been kind of crazy these past few weeks and months since I've been, I was here. But it's, it's great to see what God has continued to do in, in the life of this church and what he will do. And we look at some of these things. I want to ask you to hold on. Uh, Servant this morning has just been holding on what God has for you and has for this church. And uh, I just want to look, if you want to turn to Hebrews 10, 23, we're going to dwell and stay in that for a little bit. But uh, let me just tell you, a few years ago, uh, in youth ministry, I was in youth ministry for a long time, and I, I'm a missions pastor now. About four years ago, I took our, our students up to uh, Alaska. And uh, it's, a, it's a gorgeous place. We work with a, an Aggie named uh, Brenda Krim, and uh, she's an amazing woman. In fact, she's, she's in charge of the Iditarod, all the volunteers there. So if you ever want to work the Iditarod... Brenda Cringer woman, and uh, she, she takes care of all the volunteers there. But we were there during the uh, salmon run and uh, uh, worked with all the natives there and as they were <laughs> hoop net fishing, uh, which is a, it's a, a net about this big with a pole about this long. <laughs> and they would stand out there and hoop net fish as the salmon were coming through. It's amazing. Well, we had one free day. And uh, some of them were going on a ship looking for whales. Others were uh, just shopping. But my son and I, there was along on the trip, and, and uh, <laughs> about six others, well, eight others, and uh, we decided to go whitewater rafting. Whitewater rafting in Alaska. And uh, Cat 4, Cat 3, Cat 5, waterfalls were coming through. I was just going, okay, this is pretty cool. And uh, I'll never get to do this again. I may die doing this, but it's one of those things. And so Thursday, we were leaving the next day on Friday, but Thursday we got up there early, all of us did, and we, we had our kind of clothing we were supposed to bring. We get to the, to the whitewater rafting place, and uh, the guide meets us, and there was Nathan and I and four girls. And uh, so <laughs> some of the guys didn't want to go. I'm going, no way. We're going to, they're going fishing on a boat, looking for whales and all, but we were, we're going whitewater rafting. So we get in there, and I wasn't sure of all the things, but I knew they were going to give me a, a wetsuit, keep me warm, because, and just in case we fell into the water. And so we're putting this thing on. I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> but we're putting this thing on, and it's tight fitting, and you're zipping me up, and we're going, zipping up there, and you had to breathe in. And I'm going, oh, my land. <laughs> I'm praying, Lord, this is, this is the tightest ever. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And then they told us to swim in, the, in there so we could know that we could swim in this, this suit. And then we got back out, got on the raft and went. The guy was behind, standing at the back, and he was, he was telling us how to, how to move our pole, I mean, our, our paddles and things like that. And we went through, and it was kind of cool going down. And then he said, okay, this is, this is a good one. And so be ready for that. And we went down this cat three. We kept on going. We got another cat four. He's coming. This is a, this is a real, be ready for this. Okay. You're going to need to do this. And he'd give us all these instructions going down. And then I will show you this right as we're coming down this cat five. Uh, it was amazing. <laughs> he warned us. He said, okay, there's this cat five coming up, but y'all are good. You can do this. We're coming down this and we're going, oh, my land. And we're screaming and just having a great time. We go in, we land, and it's awesome. We're going, this is great. And we're coming around a curve. And you've got another one. This is a little cat three. And as we come around, there's a curve in this. And I wasn't ready. And so I'm flipping out, and my leg comes out, hits my son out, and we both go out the, <laughs> out the, out the raft. And we're scrambling to give up. The girls are laughing. They're not helping us at all. But we get back in the raft, and we're having a good time, and we finish the course. 
That was amazing. But I tell you, our life is a lot like that. We go through this journey of life that we have plans and dreams and visions and things that God wants to do in our life, and we have a, have a goal that we set. But you know, this last year, we're going, oh, my land, some of those dreams that I had, they're canceled. And we had masks. <laughs> and some of the uh, closing we had, the isolation we had, and we had masks. And we had changes in the selection that goes on, and we had masks. And we're still dealing with all these things that are going on, the plans and the dreams and the vision that we had for this last year. We're just going, okay, now what are we doing now? How do we go through this? How do we continue on in what God has for us and the plans that we think we have? What's going to go on? He's told us to hold on, to seek him. And as we look at that, I will tell you this. I don't know if you're like me. When, when things happen and I'm not sure what's going on, I just work harder. I just, I nail down and we're just going to work harder. We're going to work through this. Some of you are like that. And I tell you this, it doesn't work all the time. You know, I just work harder, but it's just going, it's not. And some, some are like this, that they, they keep doing the same thing over and over again and open different results, but everything is falling around it, but we're going to keep doing the same thing. Some just quit. And I, some of our congregation that I, I work in, they just, they just stop. And other times, they, they just kind of get back in a hole and just pray, Lord, just help me through this and hope nobody else notices, <laughs> you know? And we have all these different things that we do, but I'll tell you, God has a plan for us and a desire and a strength that he wants to give us in, when everything is crashing in. Paul wrote Hebrews for that very same reason. As we look at Hebrews, the Christians there were, were being persecuted. They were going through rough times economically. They were going through different things and in, 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 in around them. And, and Paul was writing a letter to the Hebrews saying, hey, let me just, let me just share with you this, this, this people that love God. And I know you're going through hard times. And it, in Hebrews 10, it says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for the promised is faithful he who promised is faithful read that again let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess that we've shared for he who promised is faithful tell you when when i look at that one thing unswervingly that's the only time in the in the bible this word is used when I think about unswerving, I think about the time when I was, come, I was single. I was coming back from my mom and uh, from from our work in, in Wichita Falls, Texas, driving down to Kingsland where my parents lived. And I'm going through, <laughs> going through uh, Lano, straight through Lano, and I was is like one o'clock in the morning. I had a youth event that night. We're getting ready, and I'm driving through, and and I'm tired, and and I'm swerving across the line in Lano, and I see these lights behind me, and I'm waking up now. And he pulls me aside and said, sir, you've been drinking? I said, no, sir, I'm a minister. He said, well, you, are you, you've been drinking? And, uh, <laughs> and so I pulled off and he, he said, where are you headed? I said, I've got one more hour to go. I'm going to Kingsland and I'll, I'll be there real soon. And sir, I'm awake now. I was just a little tired and I'm, I'll stop and get some coffee. Got some coffee and I was wide awake. And uh, headed down there and, and unswervingly, it's to mean straight, that true north, following what God has called us to. And that's what he, Paul was sharing here. 
Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Straight. And we talk about, you know, following and, and, and going in the right direction unswervingly. Reminded me when I was a kid, I had a little compass dad got me for Christmas. Have you ever had one of those compasses, you know, and you kind of turn around and you're not sure how, why, this, why this is going north? It was just fun. I really didn't know how to use it, but it's kind of fun to watch that and try to, try to get another little magnet and follow around and, and do some things. And so I was read recently that on your, your iPhone, you go to settings, you can change it. I go, why? If you go to your iPhone, go to settings, go to compass, and there's a little button, you can change it to true north. And I don't know if you know this, but in, <laughs> in uh, our, that, that compass, that magnet that you have, there's a magnetic pole that is outside of Canada, uh, in the northern Canada, the, uh, what is it called, the Ellesmere Islands. And right now, in 2001, that's where north was. But it's moving <laughs> to Russia about 34 to 37 miles a year, this, this magnetic north. In fact, here, at, I, I looked at here in Grove, it's one degree off from true north. If you'll go down there, you can go back and forth. You know, I'm kind of weird, and I'm not very technical. But it was interesting to me that there's a true north and a magnetic north pole. And so that's moving. Sometimes in our life, we follow this magnetic north pole and we think we're going the right direction instead of following what God has for us as we read his word, as we look to him. And uh, we're, we're not on true north. But God has called us to follow him, to hold unswervingly. And what do we do? It's, it's his word that we seek. It's this church that helps us go in the right direction. It's the family that you have. It's the joy that you're following him. Billy Graham at one time uh, was asked the question, what is the greatest hymn of all time? And he began to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong. He is weak, but we are, he is strong, yes. Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. The strength, the focus, the North Pole is found in the love of Christ for us that we can seek in his word and we know that true North. And I want to share with you as we go through these tough times, we can rest on that simple children's song that we sing, but we can also rest in the, the hope that is found in his word, unswervingly follow that north path that he's given us. So hold unswervingly in this tough time. Paul was writing, he also said this, he said, hold on to the hope that we share. We have an incredible hope that we can rest in. And as, as, you, as, as Christians, sometimes that hope is we forget, but we profess that. And that hope is found in John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God's given us a hope that we can profess, but it's hope we can hold on to, that he loves me, that he loves you no matter what. 
no matter your background, no matter the things that you've done, God loves you. And we can hold on to that. Knowing that this future, the plans that we have, the things that we're, they're crushing into us, that we can hold on the hope that we profess that is found in Christ. These Christians here that Paul was writing to, some of them wanted to go back to Jewish. They said, this is just too hard. I don't know if I can do this anymore. And Paul was encouraging them to say, remember this, let us hold unswerving to the hope that we profess. He died, remember that? He died on the cross. Remember that he rose from the dead. He's forgiven you sin and he was alive. You saw that. I remember seeing that. I saw others see this and know this. We can hold on to that hope that we've seen what God has done in our lives. Last thing as we look at this, it says, hold on to the promise that he is faithful. That our God is faithful. There are times in our life in the midst of the storm, <laughs> we're not sure midst of things in our family, midst of disease, midst of a loss of job, loss of income. You may have the job, but it's not get back to 30 hours and 20 hours. Midst of all the storms of life, <laughs> we're many times like the disciples. As he got in the boat, Jesus says, let's get in the boat and we'll go to cross. And he, he was at peace. So he got down in the boat, was sleeping. The storms came crashing around, and they didn't think he cared. But they woke him up and said, what are you going to do? Don't you care? And he stood up and calmed the sea, and they were amazed at what he had done. We have so many opportunities to lean on God, but many times we forget about the promise that he, is, he will always be with us. He cares for us and he loves us. And no matter what's going, we're going through in life, we can hold on to that promise. In 1921, there was a Swedish couple named David and Sven Flood. They felt called to the Congo, the Belgian Congo, and there's, they, they met another couple, the Ericsons, that they were, they were going to serve with and share Christ there in the Congo. Had left everything and uh, to go, and they felt God called there. And as they, they went, they prayed, God, use us. You have a plan for us. We want to reach these people for Christ. And the floods, as they landed, and they met with the Ericans, they went into the bush and went to this village there, and, and they, they just felt this is where God has placed us. And uh, as Jim Cimbala writes in his latest book, he was telling this story about this couple. And they, he began to, this, these two couples began to, to work with, and the, 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 the village leader didn't want these people there. And so they knew, they felt God's call there, and so they built a, a mud hut outside the village and uh, began, to, began to pray because they couldn't go into the village. But the leader of the village said, began to send one little boy, 12 years old, to their hut so he could sell them eggs and food. For over a year, this little boy came, 
And Svi continued to pray for this little boy. And after eight months, a year, this little boy accepted Christ. Svi got pregnant during that time. And uh, uh, they had a little girl, but malaria struck in that area. And uh, Svi died about a month after the baby was born. Little girl named Ayan, and uh, David was, was pretty distraught. And he went down on the village. He said, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. I can't believe God's taken my wife. I can't serve here. And he came down and went to the, to the outpost there with the Ericsons because they were leaving too. Gave his child and to the Ericsons and left back for Sweden. About three weeks later, the Ericsons died of malaria. And here was this little girl by herself. An American missionary were going back to, uh, to the States, and they took this little girl, changed her name to Aggie. I don't know why. But and so instead of a Swedish name, she became Aggie, and she, uh, she moved to America. Years later, about 20, 30 years later, she had got married, Aggie Hurst now, and uh, had some connections to Sweden and uh, got a magazine in the mail. She was looking through it. She couldn't understand. She never had learned the language. As <laughs> she looked through it, she saw a picture. And there was a white cross that had Sven Flood with the date. And there was a story. This is my mom. She went to the local college and said, read this to me. And it was a story of this missionary couple that had come and left. And, and the woman had died. But the little boy had led over 600 to the Lord. There was a church in that little village of over 600. And now this boy, who had grown to be a man, was in charge of Congo's Christian organization with over 100,000 and hundreds of churches there in the Congo. She was taken aback. But she remembered about her dad and how he had given her over. And so her and her husband flew to Sweden to find her dad. She found her dad finally in a little apartment, and he, had, he was always antagonistic to any word of God or Jesus. And he, in this old apartment, an alcoholic running from God for years, uh, didn't want to talk to her but he, about God, but he began to hug this little girl. For days, she began to tell the story of her life and how God had blessed them. Children, godly husband, and how this little boy that they had led to the Lord had made an incredible difference in the country. She was saying in the article with 
symbol and said a couple of weeks later he died. He had reconciled with God and reconciled with his family. When I look at this passage of scripture, it said, hold on to the promise, for he is faithful. We may not understand this next week how God is faithful. We may not understand this next year how he is faithful. But I want to tell you, when we look at this passage of Scripture, that don't lose hope, for let's hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess that he who promised is faithful. I don't understand sometimes, and I look at past, and, and there are times in my life that I've struggled with God and why he's doing what he's doing. But I can't hold on to this as an individual, but also as a church. We're not sure what's going on, but I do know this. He is faithful. He's given you a vision. He's given you dreams. He's given you a plan. And he desires in your walk as a family, as a leader, as a church to hold on. Because the things that he has in front of you, you may have no idea where he's leading. We can hold on to the hope that he's given. I read recently from John Acuff. He's an interesting dude and, and has some incredible books. But he wrote this in there. It says, you don't need to know the last step before you take the first step. Perfection isn't which I'm not. But he said this, perfectionism says you need to know exactly what's going to happen a year from now with your goal before you start. But you don't. It says this, the only way to get to the last step is to take that first step, which is meaningly, which is, excuse me, the only way to get to the last step is to take the next step, which usually is the first step. God has called us to hold on to the promise he's given us unswervingly, straight, follow that north pole, follow that north path that he's given us and rest in him because he has plans and visions and dreams for you and your family and your children and their children that we have no idea. But knowing this, we can rest in the assurance that he is there and hope that he's given us is more than we could possibly imagine. As I close today, I want you to remember this. That guide <laughs> was an amazing guide as we're going down the white water. But the cool part is, he had been there before. He knew the nicks and turns. He knew the rough patches. He knew the calm seas. He knew when things were coming, he said, be ready for this because you're going to paddle. You're going to have to paddle on the left. You're going to have to paddle on the right. You're going to have to sweep here. You're going to have to paddle hard. But the coolest part here is that this guide knew where we were going. And I rest assured, I want you to remember the hope that he's given you because as you listen to his voice, as you read his word, as we come together as a church, know this, that the God that loves you deeply, that you've rested assurance in, you can profess that you can hold on, that he has a future for you that you have never, ever dreamed if you rest in him. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for your love for us in spite of all the things that have gone on, the difficulties, the things of family, the things that we've struggled with, that we can rest ensure that you are there. Sometimes we don't understand.
that we can hold on unswervingly to the power and the love that you've given us because you promised and you are a faithful God. I pray for each one here of what each one may be going through and it may be difficult right now, but we know you're faithful. I pray this in your son's precious name, Jesus. Amen. As we close today, if you'll just remain seated, we've got a special video to kind of give you some of the things that are coming up. And I want to thank you for listening. Continue to share the hope that God has called you to.